0: You're listening to The Branded Cowgirl Podcast, episode 137. Today, I'm sitting down with Feli, owner of Feli Day VA, who's the owner of a content repurposing agency and describes herself as a feel-good marketing mentor. Feli helps business owners build marketing foundations that sell, and then she works to spread that message across the internet. Feli focuses on marketing with your energy and finding alternative ways that work for business owners and repurposing the rest. She works with all sorts of service-based business owners to help them build their businesses unprofessionally. In our conversation, we talk about strategies for repurposing content that I bet you've never heard of, setting intentions for each platform that you're showing up on, alternative ways to market your business, and so much more we also dive into her life as a digital nomad how she is currently living in southern france and just so many so many fun things in this conversation so if you're ready to get your freaking life given to you when it comes to content repurposing then i cannot wait for you to hear this episode so without further ado here's felly Hey, you're listening to the Branded Cowgirl podcast hosted by yours truly. My name is Sarah Elrod and I am a serial entrepreneur through and through. But most importantly, I'm a wifey, a mama, and pretty much a crazy horse lady. I started this podcast based on an old saying my husband once told me that every successful rancher has a wife that works in town. And being the stubborn, wannabe homesteading housewife that I am, I decided that why do I have to work in town in order to contribute? So i made it my mission to teach other rural women and entrepreneurs how to grow thriving brands online from way out yonder whether you live out in the middle of nowhere have to take a dirt road to get there or if you're just a mama who wants to stay home raising babies and cows someday this is the place for you on this show we talk about marketing social media branding content creation western lifestyle and so much more we believe that business does not have to be boring and that you can never own too many pairs of cowboy boots So grab a coffee and your favorite notebook and let's saddle up and get to work. This is the Branded Cowgirl Podcast. If you struggle with creating content consistently, knowing what to post and when to post it, never knowing what to write about in your captions, then listen to this. I've been there in the trenches, feeling totally burnt out by social media. Things are always changing and it's so hard to keep up. I went through seasons of never posting because I had no idea what to write a caption about. Maybe you can relate which is exactly why I created The Social Herd, my monthly content resource membership that helps you take control of your social media. Inside the membership, you will find access to hundreds of caption templates and new ones added monthly, as well as stock images specifically for the Western industry, as well as edible graphics And there are also monthly live trainings and videos and questions and answer sessions with me where I cover all the topics that you're dying to learn about and answer your toughest questions. The membership is less than what it would cost to buy one Starbucks drink a week. There's also no commitment. So if you sign up for one month and decide it's not for you, no worries. You can cancel at any time, no questions asked. So what are you waiting for? To sign up for The Social Herd right now, you can go to sarahelrod.com slash social herd. That's sarah with an H, elrod.com slash social herd. See you on the inside. Seriously? Um, I'm so excited to have you on the show. And um, especially after diving deeper into kind of what you do and getting a feel for you and your personality and just your business overall, I think you have this really fun approach to marketing and it's been just such a breath of fresh air for me even just like checking you out. So I'm really excited to dive in deeper to what you do and what you have to share. But before we get into all of that, do you want to just introduce yourself to anybody listening who doesn't know you and kind
1: of what you do? Yeah, well, Thank you. That was such a nice compliment. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my name's is Kelly. Um, it's pronounced like Kelly with an F. I always get asked. <laughs> um, but I am originally from Vancouver, Canada. I was like kind of doing the digital nomad thing, but my digital nomad journey started February 2020. So like you can guess how far I got. I basically <laughs> spent three years in Mexico um and now I am living in the south of France with my partner that I met there and trying to plan a wedding and figure out like French citizenship and all of that and so that's my current life and headache Um, (laughs) as I run my business on top of it because that's what we do when we live internationally Oh my goodness.
0: That's so fun though. I mean, what, what inspired you to want to like, be like a digital nomad, like you said, and, and how did you end up in France? Like why specifically France?
1: Um, I wanted to travel my whole life. I took my first solo trip at 17, Um, went to Europe three times went to South Africa, Australia, Asia, and Mexico was supposed to be the start of like traveling in Central America and going to Colombia. I just never made it because all the borders closed. Um, but I'm now in France because I met my boyfriend, now fiance in Mexico, who is from France. So that's <gasps> how we ended up here. And it's like really ironic because I tell everyone this story and it's like going to be cliche one day, but When I met him, I told my friend like immediately after I sent a text, and I was like, "I met the most beautiful man. It's too bad he's French." (laughs) My entire (laughs) life, I was like, "No, not France. Not going to France." Like I spent one day in France when I was 16, and I I grew up in French immersion, so like my school was all in French, as a from like kindergarten through grade 12, Mm -hmm. and I went to France for one day when I was on an exchange in Germany, and the people were so rude to me like wouldn't let me speak Wow. and I was just like I'll never return are <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> never again <laughs> and now you're yeah. living there <laughs> yeah it's
0: like, okay. oh the irony <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> that's so funny do you like it more now
1: that you've been there for a while or are you like eh. <laughs> mm, it's a hard adjustment I'm living in a town of 100 people oh. and France is, like, super conservative mm-hmm. after, like, growing up in Vancouver, which is incredibly liberal, and then living in Mexico, which just has, like, no laws. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was going to say, Mexico is just the Wild West.
1: <laughs> Anything goes. So, like, coming to France and, like, all these, like, rules and, like, regulations, and you can't do this, and you can't do that, and you have to do this, and it's only this way, and I'm very much like, what if I don't want to do it four-way? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. I bet there's like a lot of culture shock just living in a completely different place like that. Probably good and bad. It's like fun and exciting. But
1: at the same time, you're like, wow, this is so different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like the I found the culture shock harder here than in Mexico.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, really? That's interesting.
1: And you said you're in Mexico for like three years yeah
0: that's crazy (laughs) I've I'm going to Mexico for the first time at the end of July and I don't I don't know I don't know what to expect there's like part of me I mean we're going to like Cabo so I mean it's gonna be super just vacation-y but it's like I don't know you
1: just hear so many crazy things about Mexico so I'm like are are we good like is it gonna be okay (laughs) yeah I'm like the stuff that you hear crazy things about like it doesn't happen yeah where the tourists are yeah (laughs) I mean that's what I want you there because you bring money so yeah exactly
0: (laughs) that's yeah I'm like whatever it's so yeah modernized in those places and it's fine but that's crazy so how has it been doing like so much traveling and being abroad and all the things while trying to run a business
1: I feel like there's waves where I'm like I got this and then there's waves where I'm like what am I doing (laughs) what did I get myself into But I think that's everything in life, right? Like, it's not just because I travel. It would be if I was running the business no matter what. And it's, like, just the way life is. So, you know, you learn to roll with the punches and be flexible.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) just, like,
1: accept that it's not always going to be hunky-dory 95% of the time. Like, there's going to be months where I'm sitting here, like, what if I just found a remote job? for somebody else. Mm,
0: Yeah, that's so cool. And what has been like one of the hardest things do you think because is it like, I feel like I see all these people that work, even just that don't necessarily go to different countries, but even just maybe road trip around, like live in a van and do that whole thing. I always just think about the fact that, I mean, I live in like a very rural area. And so my internet isn't always great. And I stay in one spot. And I'm like, if you are on the road all the time, I mean, I guess if you're stopping at like a Starbucks or something, like Mm. you can get their (laughs) Wi-Fi, but I just, have you run into any like technical problems like that where you don't have internet or like, it's hard to do just like the basic tasks of running a business?
1: Oh yeah. Like when I first started traveling, the problem was figuring out like my routine, my schedule, like not getting FOMO and saying yes to every single thing that the people in the hostel were doing and like wanting to go out all the time. But then I kind of was like, okay, like this is my spe- my specified work day and like other days will be half days or like if I don't have work I don't have to work and like setting those boundaries with myself so it was really good like boundary wise and like scheduling myself because I don't like schedules Mm -hmm. but in terms of like technology problems like I lived in the south of Mexico in Oaxaca which is like one of the poorest states in a town called Puerto Escondido which is like a surf town which is like now blowing up because they built a highway from Oaxaca City to the beach. So it used to be like a nine-hour drive or something. And now it's like a three-hour drive. Oh, wow. So like the the growth that I saw in that city over three years, it's not even the city, in that town over three years was insane. But until about summer 2022, so I was there like February 2020, left for eight months and came back. From June, yeah, from February twenty twenty until about June twenty twenty two, the internet was almost non existent. Wow. To the point that it was like, I don't know what the upload speeds are. Like the it it was like 1.5 or Uh 1.9 when like my house Wi-Fi on average is like 50. Whoa. So it was like people would be like, I can't, how do, you, how do you work? How do you live? And I'm like, well, thankfully, all I do is writing in Google docs, which can function offline and they save automatically and then uploading to Instagram and like the wifi, the data plans in Mexico were great. Like the mm-hmm. social media apps didn't count towards your data. So like Instagram, oh. WhatsApp, and Facebook didn't count towards your monthly data. So I could be on Instagram. I could go live, like through my data without blowing my money on data plans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah like there were times that I couldn't open my email because the internet was so slow and I'm just like if I did any kind of like web design or graphics or editing I would not be able to live here. Yeah. Or you'd have to pay for like a, um, a co-working membership which was like more than your rent and I wow. didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're
0: like, nah, no. <laughs> and
1: they can't guarantee the internet there either. Like, but now because of Starlink and Elon Musk, that's why there's internet there now, because it's like a satellite one. Mm. But before it was like there could be like there was many earthquakes all the time. And so there'd be like a little earthquake and then you'd have no Wi-Fi for like twenty-four hours. Or there'd be a power cut. So there'd be no Wi-Fi for twenty-four hours. And so there's like no warning, no like schedule they follow. It would just be like, Oh, power's gone for a day, Wi-Fi's gone for a day. Cool. That's gotta be <laughs>
0: Such, I mean, obviously not the most convenient thing ever when you're trying to run a business, but just I feel like even just with everyday life, that's gotta be such a I mean, kind of just the culture shock, I guess, but just being in that lifestyle where that's their normal thing, like that is everyday to them. And coming from a background where that's not your everyday, like that's that's just gotta be wild. Like, and you're just rolling with the punches. So That's kind of crazy. Yeah. But I mean, like you said, there's a lot of aspects in life where I feel like you have to do that and in business where things get thrown at you and it's just one more thing. You just got to kind of roll with it and
1: figure it out. So yeah, I think you're, you're thriving in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I got very used to being like, okay, there's no Wi-Fi. I'm going to the beach instead of staring at my computer. That's not loading. Like, (laughs) yeah. Why sit here and be frustrated?
0: I'll just go (laughs) enjoy the sunshine. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Oh, that's so cool. So you describe yourself on your website as a feel-good marketing mentor, and I kind of love that. What um, Can you like dive a little bit into what that means to you and why you decided to use that frame to describe yourself?
1: You know, it's funny because even to this day, I still like question if I should have gone with like a feminine marketer over feel good marketer, but I'm not like a big fan of like feminine versus masculine and like being like, woo, you know, but at the same time, I really am someone who's not big on structure and not big on like rigidity. I'm not sure if that's a word, but you know what I mean Um, (laughs) within my business and like following rules and like the should marketing of like things you should do. Like, I don't believe in any of that. I think everyone can succeed on any platform you can find your audience on any platform you have to like it though like that's what that's the missing piece for a lot of people is you hate what you're doing Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel good
0: but Mm -hmm. when it
1: feels good it works you know and it's not that you've like all of a sudden found this like perfect template or copy paste strategy it's that like you're working with yourself and your desires and your energy Mm -hmm. and you feel good about it so you're like you're marketing in a feel-good way right so that's like I think I just started calling myself that because that's how I referred to everything. And like with clients, I'm like, does it feel good? If it doesn't feel good, then it's, that's not it. Yeah. And it's so
0: simple, but it's so true. I mean, I, and I think that's true for a lot of things just in life too. It's like, Mm. if, if things don't feel good, like why are you doing them? And I mean, obviously there's exceptions. I mean, there's going to be some person that's like, well, let me tell you, but (laughs) 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 you know, I, I, I love that though. It's such a simple Statement, But I mean, that can go so far. And I think it's important to like, reiterate that to people that when it comes to like marketing your business, there's not just one way to do things. There's so many ways you can do things and you have to do what feels right for you. Um, so I know also you've kind of described yourself as like an unprofessional entrepreneur and I would love to hear just maybe some ways that you would say that that plays into your business. Um, cause I, I just, I don't know, I think it's so refreshing to hear somebody talk about, the unprofessional side of things, because I think everybody thinks like when you start a business, you have to be so structured and, and, you know, you, you wear the suit and the tie and and you're so everything is so fancy and and CEO mindset and hustle culture and all the things. So I'd love to hear kind of just what, what really drove you to, to go this direction with a business instead of maybe a different direction and how that's benefited you.
1: I've probably called myself unprofessional since I got to Mexico because I was literally taking my sales calls in a bikini, in a muumuu. Like I would get on stories in a towel because the first April, May in Puerto Escondido, I like was struggling hard with the heat and I was showering like every other hour, like having another shower. So I was just like literally living in a towel. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would like always like be on stories in a towel or like, doing my sales calls in a moo and I just feel like yeah like I'm unprofessional like people pay me for my brain not my wardrobe mm-hmm. and it was definitely a very slow evolution to fully embrace the unprofessional title like I used to call myself a peaceful rebel of like I rebel against a lot of things but it's not like aggressive rebellion it's like a nah no thanks i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it my way rebellion you know yeah um but I think the word unprofessional, like, works a lot better and suits my brand better. But I had a lot of, like, thoughts and, like, insecurities around being labeled unprofessional. Even though I called myself unprofessional, it was, like, mm-hmm. can I put it out into the world? Like, you can call me unprofessional. Because it is, like, in our heads that unprofessional is a look. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean when I say unprofessional. But I was afraid that it would translate into, like, my work Yeah. of, like, unprofessional, like, sloppy work you know and yeah, it's like yeah. that's not what it is like I I deliver my shit on time <laughs> like, yeah I just might work at one in the morning because I'm inspired versus like a nine to five schedule mm.
0: have you had anybody like say anything about it or or has it affected you negatively or has it all been pretty positive for the most part
1: only positive I'm like trying to think no I think only positive everyone like because I I renamed, I rebranded my podcast as the mm-hmm. Unprofessional Entrepreneur and like basically updated my copy on my website to say it more. And everybody's like, I love that. I love that. Like one girl was like, why didn't I think of that? And I'm just like, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> well, again,
0: it's such a simple concept, but I think it's something mm-hmm. that people are drawn to, especially now where it is. I mean, more and more people, I feel like are starting businesses are being open about things and, mm-hmm. you know. To, to see, you know, all these big people that everybody follows and listens to and, and strives to be like these successful, you know, whatever ideal entrepreneurs, it's like, they all have a certain look and, and you see them with, you know, their fancy jets and like all the lifestyle the luxury things. And then here you are in a bikini on a zoom call. Like, I love that. I think it's so it is, it's really refreshing and it's nice for people that can't relate to that other thing. Cause not everybody mm-hmm. wants that, you know, what what Mm -hmm. all those big people have, people want, you know, I I know for a lot of people are, we're just starting businesses to have more freedom and to see you doing it. Like, Hey, I was just at the beach, you know, five minutes ago and now I'm here. So this is what I look like. I mean, I think that is a perfect example of why people Most people, you know, start businesses is because they just want that freedom to do those things. They're not looking to have a bajillion dollars, although, I mean, that'd be nice too, but you know, it's, it's, some people are just wanting, wanting that life. Like I want to be able to not have to go to a nine to five job so I can go to the beach whenever I want. So I think you're just, you're kind of walking the walk and talking the talk, you know? And I think that's really cool. Um, I know on, I think on your Instagram, I saw a post that you did where you said, I think you were describing like being an unprofessional entrepreneur and what that meant. And one of the things that you put on there was that you share things on your close friends list and almost like it's like a reality TV show and that you use it in the way that like Mark Zuckerberg had intended it to and not I think you use the words like not as a private sales list and as I was reading that I'm like oh my gosh first of all I never even thought to use the close friends like I don't even know I'm like wow do people actually do that like people are using their close friends as like a marketing thing I never never thought about that but I I love that you're saying not to do it that way and that you know, you treat your followers like close friends and and you're using that part of your platform for what it was intended for. And I think that's really cool. And I think you said, too, you have people like check off like a disclaimer, you send them a disclaimer or something, which I love, I think is so funny, but have you noticed that showing up in that way has like elevated your business in any way?
1: I think it's definitely helped me make deeper connections with people. Like when people hire me for one-on-one, they're not necessarily coming in and being like, teach me how to make $10,000. Like Mm -hmm. they want someone who can like listen to them and help them feel better, like help them not hate their business. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think like, just like seeing me be real and talk about different things, like a lot of people feel closer to me as a person without me having to like message every single friend but it's also like I started my Instagram on my personal account that I'd had for I've had it since 2012 like I've never started a new one sorry social media managers but um, (laughs) I have like my high school friends I have my friends from Vancouver I have friends that I've made all across the world as I've traveled on that account and so close friends was originally like for me to connect with them, because obviously, they don't care about any of my business content. (laughs) And then it would be like, I would make comments of like, Oh, close friends knows what's going on, you know, and then people would be like, I want to be on close friends, what is it, you know, and so then it was like, people that I don't even know, and like business people and like, it just kind of grew I think my close friends has like 80 people on it so it's like really not close friends but
0: (laughs) I just have a lot of close friends
1: (laughs) yeah I don't know half of them and like sometimes (laughs) I kind of explain it to my partner that I'm like I was talking to close friends and so like we like this conversation because it it then like sparks like one-on-one conversations with people Mm -hmm. which like sometimes I need like I'm, yep. I'm living in France by myself basically here you yeah. know like I have my partner and his family but I don't have friends here yeah. so it's like if I want to then talk to people about like my life or like if I'm upset or if like it just sucks like having to speak French all the time <laughs> yeah and it's like I don't want to have to like message every single person especially because the time distance being time zones being like are you awake can you talk to me like mm-hmm. so being able to post to close friends and being like someone talk to me and like being able to like see that people are online and like have back and forth conversations that way and also like talk about business shit because like there's things I don't want to post on public like there's things I can't post publicly <laughs> Yeah, but it was close friends was definitely much more wild when I was like single in Mexico <laughs> now it's like just tame
0: we've mellowed
1: (laughs) (laughs) what a time to be alive I love it yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so funny so I would love to hear so you are a you own a content repurposing agency correct Mm -hmm. so what for people listening like what does that mean what what kind of services does that offer
1: we offer content repurposing, <laughs> but so basically, clients. Duh, us- Sarah!
0: Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, if I were to hire you, so so do yep. I. Like, I make the content, and then you guys just like put it on different platforms, or like, what does that look like?
1: So most of our clients have been in business like six months or more, like either running a podcast or a youtube channel or like just even creating for instagram forever and they want to either stop creating content like take time off um or they want to start showing up on more platforms
0: mm-hmm. so for
1: a lot of our con- uh, a lot of our clients they're giving us videos whether it's like interviews podcast episodes youtube videos like live events live videos instagram stories whatever and we then cut up their long videos into short form clips that you can use on like TikTok and Instagram reels, Facebook reels, LinkedIn, or they're giving us like Instagram content or blog posts or like literally they can give us anything um, and we can turn it into anything. So we can write emails, we can write social media captions. We also give people the option of like writing them in the format of carousels because while we don't do the graphics, like you can give it your VA or yourself and like copy paste them into graphics from there um but yeah so we basically create any form of written content like we've done podcast outlines blog posts emails captions I feel like I'm forgetting something in that list but yeah like it can be anything that you want based on the platforms that you want to show up on And I'd say, like, what makes us unique is that we focus on your intention for each platform. So it's like if Instagram is where you're generating leads, the content we create for Instagram is going to be focused on generated leads, where if your email list is where you generally ask for the sale, the emails are going to be written with the intention of selling. And Mm. so, like, that's our approach to the different content that we create for our clients.
0: Mm. That's really interesting. So... For those who are listening who are maybe just getting started, you know, like you said, you're, a lot of your clients are six months into their business mm-hmm. roughly. So, for somebody who's maybe in that spot, but maybe they're not ready to like hire out that part of their business, but they want to start showing up on other platforms and they want to start repurposing things, what would kind of be your like some tips maybe you could offer when it comes to repurposing? Because I think for a lot of people, because I like what you said about how you're very specific about intentions for each platform and how you show mm-hmm. up somewhat differently on each platform versus I think in a lot of people's brains, repurposing is just, okay, I made this reel on Instagram. Now I'm going to download it and then just post it on TikTok and post it on YouTube and post it at all the places. And it's just the same exact mm-hmm. thing, same exact caption on everything. Is that a strategy that you would recommend
1: or what's kind of your guys's approach to that? Yeah, I would say that the misconception is that repurposing is copy pasting and it's not like repurposing is to recreate something. So if you're new, if you're going it alone, if you're like strictly trying to get on more platforms, you can look into like the redistribution side of it, which is like taking a TikTok and putting it on Instagram, but being intentional with changing the caption, like the, what, the written caption, not like the text on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, to match your new intention. Obviously, like an Instagram caption versus a, a a Pinterest caption versus a YouTube caption, they all have very different lengths and hashtags and like uh, mm-hmm. links you can include, right? So you want to make sure that the the captions are relevant to the video you're sharing, but at the same time. A lot of the times your intention for LinkedIn, sorry, for for TikTok is more lead generation because that's what it's great for, Mm -hmm. where on Instagram, it's maybe more nurturing. So the content won't necessarily be the same in the sense of like, you might do on TikTok like five ways to, and on Instagram, you might be, here's how I did. And it could be like the same content, but it's changed just a little bit to speak to your followers on a deeper level and like in in interact with them in a different way so if you were going to start on your own to repurpose a look into redistribution platforms that you can show up on with the same content without changing too much um and b set intentions for the platform like if you're going to start doing a weekly newsletter um email what's your purpose for it like is it to nurture your Mm -hmm. audience is it to sell something and then that's how you're going to choose what content you're going to repurpose. And like, don't just copy paste your Instagram captions into emails because it's a big pet peeve of mine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs)
1: If if you were to recommend
0: like, Let's just say for somebody who, you know, right now they only have an Instagram account and that's, you know, they're just starting out, but they want to start expanding. Are there like certain, would there be like your top two or three platforms you would say everybody should get on at least to to start with, or does it matter?
1: The only one that I tell people they should be using is email. Mm. And then I think everything else is flexible mm. because people have great success on LinkedIn. I personally can't stand LinkedIn. <laughs> people have great success on Instagram. People have great success on TikTok. And it's like, you want to figure out what is your core content. So the like, core content is the one that you love to create the most. And that's going to be like your top of funnel for repurposing. Um. So like, me my core content is my podcast so I create my podcast and then from there I create like audiograms I create carousels I create blog posts and it's like you like I didn't start with the podcast though I used to it used to be emails that was my core content and then I got into podcasting and I was like wait I love this this is great I can just like rip and then that became the way that I wanted to create content the most. And so things are repurposed from there. But that might not be what your favorite core content is. Like your core content could be writing blog posts. It could be creating carousels, like, you know, and then finding that is going to help you repurpose to new platforms easier because you're not like forcing your content out.
0: Mm. Is there a, would you say like a specific strategy and i know it's probably different for everybody but cuz i feel like i've heard it two different ways when it comes to repurposing some people will repurpose you know they'll take their their core piece of content whatever that might be like you said a podcast episode and then they'll post even if they make specific content that is you know their their intentions are all different for each platform but they'll post all in the same day, like at the same time, like, okay, it's uh, this Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, everything's going to go on at the same time. And then some people spread it out like, okay, Instagram post today. And then two weeks from now, I'm going to post that piece of content on Facebook. You know, and there's some people that are like two weeks and four hours, like they have it down to a science. And so it's like so specific, but would you say that they're Like, do you lean one way or another when it comes to that on like specific times that you post different things on different platforms? Can you do it all in
1: one day? Should you do it a different way? Like, what's kind of your thought with that? I wouldn't recommend doing it all in one day. Like if it's a podcast, okay, yes, like post on Instagram, there's a new podcast post on or send an email, there's a new podcast. But if it was like a carousel post that you wanted to post on Instagram, post on Facebook, post on LinkedIn, and post- send an email, mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it all in the same day. Mm-hmm. I'd say to spread them out. And whether that's like a month apart or two weeks apart, what have you, doesn't matter. But not the same day, because that's the same thing with like copy pasting your your captions to your email. It's It bores your audience. Mm. And they won't see a point in following you on other platforms if they know you just reshare the same thing again and again.
0: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Do you recommend a certain way of creating content? So if you're if you're not posting, I'm just like hitting you with all the hard questions now. But mm. if you <laughs> <laughs> like didn't know you were coming here to <laughs> spill the tea, but did do you recommend like if you're spreading out your content like that, okay, so I have like content A that I'm going to spread out, you know, I'm going to do a newsletter first and then I'm going to post it on Instagram a month from now and then I'm going to post it on Facebook a month from that. So in theory, you'd be posting something different on Instagram than you are sending to your email list. Is there, do you feel like that can be too noisy to some people? Like you're talking about too many different things on different platforms. Like what would be a good content like strategy just like even a basic one for people to kind of get started like what like what should they be posting does that make sense I feel like I just asked you like five (laughs) questions but I'm like (laughs) now I'm like
1: thinking out loud (laughs) I think it comes down to frequency that you're posting to each platform because if you're writing emails maybe you're only writing once a week but if you're posting to Instagram maybe you're posting three to five times a week So Mm -hmm. then it's going to be also like finding which one you post because you'll very quickly push your Instagram like by years, you know, Mm -hmm. if you were following that schedule. And so it's like not every single piece of content is going to be repurposed. Yep. Okay. And that's where you come back to the intention of like, what's the intention of your newsletter? Mm -hmm. From that intention, like where are you going to, how do you know which Instagram post you want to share or like if you've been following a thread, you know, like, if you've been talking about one thing for a while on your email list, because you're trying to sell your brand package, it's like, okay, on Instagram, you might have talked about brand package, you might have made like a lifestyle post, you might have uh, hit on website design, you know, so it's like, you're going to pick the brand package one to keep it cohesive on there. Mm. Versus like choosing any, just any post, it's going to be intentional still and same for if you're repurposing to LinkedIn or to um, Facebook that not every post from Instagram goes on those platforms either it's again like what's your intention Mm. what's your audience because some people have different audiences on different platforms like for me when I tried to do LinkedIn I focused only on like content repurposing I didn't talk about like marketing mentorship and like those frameworks and those beliefs you know where like on my email list I fluctuate on my podcast it's really more marketing based versus content repurposing based you know mm-hmm. so it's like choosing the intention figuring out the frequency you have for each platform and then going from there with what you're going to repurpose where because mm-hmm. you're I think you're always going to have a backlog of content yeah. and every post can be repurposed more than once as well yeah but, Hmm. That's really good. I don't to know, know if too. that answered your question, but <laughs> no,
0: it did. I don't even know that I know really what my question was. I was just saying a lot of words, but <laughs> yeah. I, no,
1: I think that was all
0: really good. Um, I love the idea of having, like you said, that backlog of content, because I know for so many people getting started with repurposing or just making new content can be super intimidating. You know, it's like you, you start your business because you want to do whatever your business is. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I also have to be a content creator on top of everything mm. else. <laughs> and that's not, a you know, everybody's cup of tea. They don't want to be spending all that time doing content repurposing. And so I think or just creating content. So content repurposing, I think is really helpful for saving time and and getting back to being able to go back to doing the things that you actually want to do. What has been your like favorite part of this whole business journey? Like what's something that you really love the most about it?
1: Probably like seeing the content we can create because like when I first started as a general VA and then I moved into like content writer, I was burning myself out trying to create these people's content every month when they'd give me nothing. They'd be like, okay, I want 12 posts. And I'm like, "About what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah what? <laughs> You know, so like having people bring you their podcast episodes or bring you their YouTube videos, even their, if they're like A year old or more. Like, I had a client who brought a masterclass they did, like a five day masterclass series Mm -hmm. that was a year old. And we cut every single video up into short form clips. And then you get to share, like, she shares them on Instagram and maybe somewhere else. But like, I was looking at it on Instagram and seeing the people like engage and comment and like her get excited every time she receives like her bundle of content. And it's just like, I didn't really do anything that's already existed, but like without my work, it would just like sit there and collect figurative dust, you know, Mm -hmm. like so many people have so much content just sitting there and they're not doing anything with it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you don't have to keep creating, you can do so much with that. And like something that I see in my industry, like marketing and content repurposing is like so many people need you to repeat yourself. So it's almost like not valuable to be constantly creating new content because people need to hear the same thing you had to say more than once. (laughs)
0: That's so huge. And I think that's been a game changer that I've had to learn even for my own business is learning that, you really don't have to be making brand new stuff all the time saying the same thing over and over and over again in different ways is sometimes the most powerful way to get your point across and especially if you are trying to sell something your product your service like you're you're constantly trying to help people with a problem that they have and and like you said people, sometimes need to hear it over and over and over. I think the stat is like seven times before they take action on it. Usually people need to hear it. Like, you know, that's a lot of times to be talking about mm-hmm. it. And yeah, here we are feeling so awkward going on our stories going, oh, am I talking about this too much? You know, is once a week too much? Like, no, talk about it every day. You know?
1: Yeah. So- every time I'm like, when, why haven't I had sales? And I look and I'm like, I mentioned my offer once this week, like no duh, people yeah. are consuming like hundreds of thousands of pieces of content per day.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's so big to think about too is, and and like you said, like people have so much, there's so much content out there being produced mm-hmm. every single day. And if you get on Instagram and you're just scrolling, I mean, you're, you are just seeing so many photos and videos and pictures and hearing so many things. And it's easy to think about ourselves as everybody's paying attention. It's kind of like that analogy of like when you're driving in your car and you think everybody's looking at you and nobody's looking at you. You know, everybody thinks that all the eyes are on them on social media and everybody's hearing what you're saying. So you can't repeat it, but that's not true. I mean, you have such a small window of people that are actually seeing what you're talking about. So if you're not talking about it more than once... You're not going to reach very big audience. I think that's really, really important for people to know
1: <laughs> yeah. And like Instagram with the algorithm, like even your most dedicated fan doesn't see every single post. Mm-hmm. Like they see a fraction of your content,
0: yeah which is why email is so important, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm which a big email in their
1: inbox until they see it. <laughs> like... Yeah. Just keep poking that bear.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's such an interesting and refreshing approach that you have. I love just the idea of, of coming into marketing and to business with just feeling good and doing things that feel right for you and And saving yourself time. I think it's just amazing. There's, there's such a hustle culture out there right now where it's like, you know, you just have to grind, grind, grind and run yourself into the dirt. And there's probably a season and a time where you need to do that every now and then. But I think it goes back to like what you were saying about intentions. What are your goals? What are you trying to do and make that work for you? Cause it's not a one size fits all for everybody. So my, I have one last question for you, but, um, this is my question that I ask everybody, or at least I try to, when I remember, but I want to know what is the last thing that you Googled?
1: I'm like, can I check?
0: No, <laughs> oh,
1: you can check. That's okay. I'll play I some music. Curious. <laughs> like, will it tell me if I
0: just, I don't know.
1: I, mean, I, I don't know, know how, how the... people look. I googled a giveaway selector because I was hosting a giveaway last week and I googled the grasshopper with long pointed stinger (laughs) because there was a grasshopper in my room and it had this like long spike on the back of it and I was like what is this? I didn't really find my answer to be honest. (laughs) You never did?
0: You don't know what it is? (laughs)
1: No, It's a grasshopper but I'm like it's not as far as I could see, there's no such thing as like poisonous grasshoppers unless you eat them. So I was like, okay, whatever. I just threw that outside.
0: That's, <laughs> oh my gosh, that makes me think about, side note, grasshoppers. We have here in Nevada, where I live, we have these things called Mormon crickets. And every like summer, they have a Mormon cricket migration and they are so big. And I, I mean, I didn't grow up here. So this was new to me as of like two years ago. And th- I mean, millions of these things. And I mean, crickets are, I'm not like a huge bug person, but like crickets don't really freak me out. But these things have got to be like this big. And there were millions of them everywhere. I'm not even exaggerating. They're all over and they are... I mean, it kind of looks like the same thing. They have like this like spike thing. And I'm like,
1: this looks like the thing that was in my room. Yeah. (laughs) They are so
0: creepy and just huge. And I, yeah, that made me think about it. That just happened like two weeks ago. They were like coming
1: through and it's the worst time of year. (laughs) What's the difference with a cricket and a grasshopper? Because now I'm like, was it a cricket?
0: I know. Yeah. Now that's like, what is the difference between a cricket and a grasshopper?
1: I don't. I, I think don't. the crickets are the ones with the spikes. It's not a grasshopper. Ugh.
0: What if it was a Mormon cricket? What if they're in France?
1: <gasps> oh my gosh. Well, honestly, the bugs here, there's so many bugs. Really? It's- I would have thought Mexico would be really bad with bugs. I'm like, I don't understand how France's bugs are as bad as Australia. Really? Like, I'm shook. Really? Flies, I would have never. Flies. Oh, and the amount of flies they have like, it's not just like black flies. It's like they have these like brown flies with green eyes that bite and it hurts. And they have these flat flies that bite and they hurt. And they have these blue flies that lay eggs if they land on your meat. And they're like, <sighs> They don't have fruit flies. I'm like fruit flies were my biggest problem in Canada. What is yeah, this? Oh, what is this? That's
0: crazy. I never would have thought. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like bugs would have been bad in Mexico, and I feel like I know they're bad in Australia. Like just so many big creepy crawly bugs there and yeah I don't know that's like the one thing but then people that have like lived there I mean my husband's gone to Australia and he's like it's not like what you think it is like they're not just like everywhere but I don't know that scares me a little bit I'm not a huge bug person so
1: (laughs) I just don't like it when they touch me I'm not problem with flies
0: yeah yeah you can stay over there go go live over there and i'll be here and we'll just live our happy separate lives there's
1: no screens on the window i'm like really screens on the window oh like inviting the flies in was
0: it is it cold in france i always had it in my brain that it was like cold a lot in france is it is that not
1: true i'm in the south so i'm like close to spain okay that makes, but that makes more sense it it was cold when i got here i thought it was really cold because they don't have central heating so like cold inside not yeah. happy about that as a canadian like, like why don't you have heating like yeah. what? What, what <laughs> um <is this? laughs> but it is i don't know fahrenheit i only know celsius but it's like 30 ish degrees and people are saying it's going to get to like 40 degrees like Heat, no wind, and that's like over a hundred. I know mm-hmm. for sure.
0: Goodness, wow, yeah, you learn something new every
1: day. I guess. <laughs> Fun yeah. fact. Fun fact of the day. So <laughs> France is hot. <laughs> yeah, France is hot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Got it. Oh my gosh. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to come and chat with me and hang out and tell us about content repurposing and and about France. I mean, I
1: didn't really plan to learn
0: so much about France today, but here we are. <laughs>
1: oh, well, thanks for listening to my my crazy life. <laughs> I I love it and I think it's
0: I I really do love your approach. I I love that you're putting your your money where your mouth is and you're, you're taking action and you're doing the things that you teach. I think that's super cool. I love that you're traveling and I'm just over here living vicariously through you. So, (laughs) (laughs) and I hope the wedding planning goes well. I I know how stressful that can be. That's a whole thing. It's a lot. (laughs) Are you getting married in France? Yeah. That's cool. Literally down the street. (laughs) Oh, really? Oh, how fun. That's cool very exciting. Well, yeah. before I let you go, do you want to just tell everybody where they can find you, come hang out with you on
1: the internet, wherever you would like? Yeah. So you can check out my website, fellyday.com. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> um, and you can find me on Instagram at fellyday and you can find the content rep- content repurposing agency at fellydayda, both on Instagram. Perfect.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much again. And um, yeah, I hope people come check you out and hang out with you because your your social medias are very fun and I like it. So, <laughs> <laughs> You've just finished another episode of the Brandy Cowgirl podcast. And if that doesn't make you happier than a rooster on Sunday, then I don't know what will. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Branded Cowgirl podcast and TikTok. Also join the exclusive Facebook group just for listeners. You can find it by searching Branded Cowgirl Podcast Insiders or head to the link in the show notes. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. It means the absolute world to me to read your kind words, but it also helps other amazing rural women find the show as well. If you would like to sponsor an episode or advertise on the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, then please head to sarahelrod.com slash sponsorBCP for more information. Thanks again for being here and I'll talk to you in the next one.